You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. I am Tony Wiggins, along with James Rapine, and I have to let you know that today's show is sponsored by rockauto.com. Amazing selection and very low prices. Go to rockauto.com for all of your auto part and accessory needs. What is going on, James? What's up, Tony? I'm uh, on vacation right now, but you knew I had to join you. Excited to be here. Excited to talk a little Bengals football. Yeah, man. We're doing the uh, team previews. Of course, last week we did Jacksonville, and it's only fitting that we come back today and we jump into the Bengals. So we got to start with uh, the quarterback situation. That's the most important position on the field. Let's go with Joe Burrow. Give us an update. How is Joe Burrow doing? And uh, what's going on with him? And what's the confidence going into the year that Joe Burrow is going to be all right? I think he's going to be not only all right, I think he's going to be out there uh, to start training camp and essentially full go from the get-go. Now, will he play in the preseason? That remains to be seen. I think there could be a good argument made for both scenarios. But what I saw from him at, at uh, rookie, uh, or not rookie OTAs, but OTAs and, and then mini camp, he looks like if we didn't know he had a knee injury, we wouldn't be worried about the knee. And I think he looked about as good as you could have imagined if you were painting a best-case scenario. That's uh, what you were getting with Joe Burrow. So are there questions about the knee? Absolutely. But so far, he's answered all of them up until this point. And I would not be shocked at all if he gets the, I'm cleared for contact before training camp starts later this month. And make no mistake about it. He, he's a guy that moves around a lot. And um, he has that athleticism uh, uh, that, almost that great athlete who plays quarterback uh, basketball player mentality that he's doing a lot of things out there. You almost think he could probably play baseball too, if he wanted to, but the thing is he didn't get hurt moving. He got hurt standing in the pocket. And that happens to a lot of guys. How much do you think it will alter the way he plays or his mindset? Or is he the type of guy that's yoked a certain way, uh, James, that, He's not going to alter anything. He's just going to go out there and play football, and and whatever happens, happens. I think that's the most likely scenario, but I don't even think Joe Burrow can answer that question right now because you're right. He likes to move. He likes to be a playmaker. He likes to extend plays. Well, he also hasn't had these big defensive linemen around his knees since the injury, and they were they made sure no one got near him in, in camp, uh, you know, in mini camp and in OTAs, which is normal, but I think that'll be the case. And that's kind of the argument for the case in training camp. And that's kind of the argument for get him out there for two preseason drives, right? Nothing crazy, but just so he gets comfortable. So he's not feeling that out and even thinking about the knee week one against the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer's defense. So that to me is going to be something to monitor. Can Joe not only make improvements elsewhere, right? Where he needs to be better with the deep ball than he was as a rookie, things like that but also still be the playmaker that he was because that's what makes him special. It isn't his crazy arm strength. His arm's fine. It's not great. Right. It's his accuracy and his ability to make plays. And uh, I think he's going to mentally be able to get over the hurdle and, and get past it. Uh, but the question is how long, and it might take 
three preseason or three training camp practices. It might take three preseason games. It might take three regular season games. And that's going to be a big storyline here early in the season. You made a good point. He, he He's not that Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, big arm guy. He's more in that in that realm of Deshaun Watson, where, you know, the tools are the tools are good. But the main thing about him is he's just a gamer and he's just a baller and he just he just is that guy that you would always pick first uh, if you're going to play kickball. That's just what he is. And you wonder if this staff, uh, when when we talked earlier in the year about coaches and quarterbacks uh, being joined at the hip, and that's what makes a successful organization. And we talked about that with Jacksonville. I think there's as much question about the coach, and you and I have discussed this before, is there confidence in the coach that he's the right fit in Cincinnati for Joe Burrow? Because that was one of the things that folks talked about last year. In fact, folks were wondering why he was throwing the ball over 50 times a game on a bad team with a bad offensive line. And maybe that that uh, contributed or attributed him, uh, you know, getting hurt because he was taking a lot of shots. I think about the hit that he took from Malik Jackson early in the year. And it's almost like we joked about it, like somebody's going to hurt him. And uh, unfortunately for him, it happened. But is this coach the right coach for Joe Burrow um, in the eyes of the people uh, in Cincinnati? No, Joe would say yes. And the organization right now obviously would say yes. But 625, you know, I'll give you 625 and one reasons, Tony, (laughs) while he's not the coach, right? I mean, how many NFL coaches would have loved to walk into a team that had Andy Dalton as a starter for a year and then had Joe Burrow? as their starting quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow was ready to win last year. This wasn't a guy who went through growing pains. Not many. Right. On a bad roster, on a bad team, and you're right, he threw the ball way too much. And now you have a three-headed monster at receiver with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. You're going to want to throw the ball. And Joe's going to want to throw the ball. And Zach Taylor's going to want to throw the ball. But they need to find, especially early in the season, some balance. They're paying Joe Mixon for a reason. They upgraded that offensive line. And that's going to be one of the keys here with Zach Taylor. Because I think last year, he needed to win games. He knew it. The best way to do it was put the ball in Nine's hands and let him make plays. At the same time, early on now, coming from a coming off of a torn ACL, will they establish and maintain a running game? He hasn't been able to do it in two years, and he's got six wins as a result. I do think that that part matters some. I don't question this offense and its ability to score points and i think zach can put him in position to do that because they got a lot of talent and a lot of coaches could do that but how does he balance all right we're gonna throw the ball push the ball down the field but we also have a guy coming off of a a, you know a torn acl he's got a reconstructed left knee and we have a running back where we've signed to a four-year 48 million dollar deal so there's some balance there and you look at this schedule early tony we're gonna learn a lot about zach taylor because if the Bengals don't win a couple of games early on and they're sitting at two and six or two and seven, like they have in the past couple of years. Uh, I don't know if ZT is going to get a fourth year, so he, he's going to have to win some games early when the schedule's a, a little light compared to how it is. It, it's tough on that back half of the the Bengals schedule for sure. And normally we discuss the draft in the third segment, and we're going to do that today. But in the second segment, we're going to talk about the draft too because it, it comes in two forms with the Bengals. It's about who they picked and who they didn't pick. Uh, everyone thought that they would go heavy offensive line to protect their quarterback. Well, they actually did. It's just that they didn't pick him early, but they did pick a playmaker early. He was one of my favorite players in the draft. 
He was Joe Burrow's teammate at LSU. Second segment, let's talk about Jamar Chase, his impact uh, on the wide receiver room and how he could help Joe Burrow with some quick passes because of his ability to run uh, after the catch. And Joe won't have to wait very long to get that ball out of his hand. And then we'll talk about the offensive line and the actual additions that they did make in the third segment that everyone seems to think that they didn't make. We'll do that here on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA Finals are here. Can Chris Paul and the Suns get it done? Or Chris Middleton, Giannis, and the Bucks going to be victorious and win the NBA Finals? Either way, you have an opinion on it. You can bet on it. You can make money on it at betonline.ag. Plus, you got prop bets for the NFL. Maybe you think Joe Burrow is going to be comeback player of the year i know a lot of people think that he could be in that race maybe saquon barkley's another one you can bet on it at betonline.ag it is easy you just go to their website or mobile device sign up for free and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on so betonline.ag promo code locked on get a 50 percent welcome bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts all right, locked on NFL here on a Wednesday, talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, and no better, nobody better to talk about the Bengals. Well, maybe Jake Liscow, but other than that, we got James James Lapine <laughs> here. His I had to, I had to I had to I had to give James uh, Jake some props, man. But no, we got James Lapine here, my brother from another mother, talking about uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and their prospects for this year. Um, I love Jamar Chase in the draft. I think a lot of people sort of forgot about how good he was uh, because he sat out last year uh, with the opting out. Two years ago, as a sophomore, to me, he was the best player in college football, not named Joe Burrow. And in the biggest games against Alabama and Clemson, he was the best player on the field. And we, I, Trevor, we were, ta- I was talking to John Ledyard, and we were trying to, come up with a comp for him. And we kept somehow getting stuck between Devontae, Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown. And if you're going to get stuck between two players trying to figure out which one he's most alike, that's damn good company to, to be doing that, <laughs> you know, with those two guys. But he is an alpha dog. And at his workout, they, when he went to, when he had his workout and it was on the NFL, you know, it was on the NFL network. They just said the calm coolness that he had uh, at his workout and the way that he stepped up and just looked so fluid, it really, really cemented him as the top receiver in this draft. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the fact that he took a year off and still ran a four three four forty yard dash, and he doesn't win with speed. That's not his thing. When you think of Jamar Chase, you think about a guy who's going to win with uh, strength. He's going to not lose in press. He's going to get just enough separation downfield. He uses his hands well. Well. It turns out he's gotten faster since that 19-year-old season where he was dominating NFL cornerbacks at 19 years old. Like I said, you know, it's just it, – it's insane. And then to see him as a rookie come into OTAs and you see him from a distance, Tony. I haven't met Jamar Chase face-to-face yet. We've been on Zooms and stuff, and I've seen him off in the distance. He looks different. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want with the fifth pick. You a guy who's going to look different, and he certainly does. That. So, uh, you know, we'll see how productive he is. 
But I think when you look at the the Bengals, they have the slot machine and Tyler Boyd, who we know is going to be awesome in the slot. T. Higgins, who could end up being a number one wide receiver by himself in his own right. And so if if you can add a true one, a true alpha, which that's what we think Jamar Chase is, then you do it. And he looked like it at camp. And I, I think the the reviews I'm hearing on the record and off the record about Jamar Chase, he's uh, they're really excited about his potential and what he's going to bring to this offense. And he has to. There's pressure on him, especially if a guy like Panay Sewell ends up being all world at tackle, uh, you know, and, and then uh, Jackson Carmen doesn't turn out to be uh, very good. That's just going to yep. be that's going to be more pressure on uh, Jamar Chase to be a better player. I just think the kid has the it factor and there's just this calm, cool collect collectiveness about certain players that when they step on the field, you can talk about speed, agility, all of that. It's just like, it's just me and you, I'm going to beat you every time. And he just has that about him. And I think it, it permeates to it, to his teammates. You could see where Justin Jefferson was at the workout at LSU. This kid has gone on and, and, and done marvelous things in the NFL. And Justin Jefferson was still following him around like he was his big brother. Yep. That that says something about a player. And the NFL people, they notice that stuff. For sure. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And it's funny, the, the stuff you were using to describe Jamar Chase, it factor, leadership, all of these like intangible things, hard worker. It's Joe Burrow. And, and you know, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. That's yep. why Burrow lobbied and don't get it <clears throat> excuse me don't get it twisted he was lobbying for jamar chase he wanted everybody to know hey in that organization jamar go get him because you're not going to regret it and i'm going to love throwing to him so that whatever that is the bengals need it if they're ever going to become a winner again they need those guys they need winners and jamar chase joe burrow they're both winners Third segment, let's talk about the offensive line that was addressed that folks seem to Uh think that it wasn't addressed just because they didn't use (laughs) a first-round pick. And then we'll touch on the defense, too. I think uh, you've said in the past how interested you were in a lot of the guys that they added on defense. So we'll give you a chance to give some hope on the uh, in the trenches and on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll do that in the third and final segment here on Locked on NFL on a Wednesday. There's nothing worse than having unreliable transportation, and you can stay on the road with rockauto.com. This show brought to you today by Rock Auto. And look, there are so many different car makes and models, and it's hard to judge and keep track of the things that you need to do to make sure your car stays on the road. But rockauto.com can help you stay there for less. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can get the fuel pump, you can get the wiper blades, you can get the windshield washer fluid or anything else you desire, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil at rockauto.com. Go there now, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car, truck, and be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? It doesn't matter if you drive a Hyundai, a Daewoo, a Honda, a Toyota, They got you covered at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And I got to let you know about Built Bar like I always do. That's because I love Built Bars, and I'm a Built Bar eating son of a gun, man. I'm telling you, the best tasting protein bar ever. 
and I knock them off left and right. And I love that salted caramel. That's my favorite one. My wife sticks another kind in my bag every now and then, too. And they're all delicious. I love that raspberry. It tastes very, very good. And it helps me while I'm trying to lose weight and stay in shape. It satisfies my palate. And it's packed with protein with very few calories, very little sugar, and very little carbs. I enjoy Built Bar because I can get them at BuiltBar.com. And you can do the same thing and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Now, if you want to keep up with the everyday happenings at Built Bar, go on Twitter at, at bar underscore built. And they'll, they'll let you know every day what's going on with Built Bar and all the specials that they have, including maybe the occasional special edition Built Bar. It's Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Lock 15 is the promo code. And we're back here for a third and final segment on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. James Rapine, Tony Wiggins. We're talking about the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. And I have the local expert on the Bengals. He just happens to be my co-host here, James Rapine, and we're breaking it down. We talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the weapons. Now let's talk about the unit that, according to everyone, it wasn't addressed, but we all know that's not true. It was addressed, the offensive line, as well as some key parts that were added in the trenches to go in front of the great Jesse Bates, who's roaming that secondary like the next coming <laughs> of Ed Reed. And uh, ever since I mentioned Jesse Bates and you put a smile on your face, you didn't even know I knew who Jesse Bates was. I seen Jesse Bates' name all over Twitter. Now everybody wants to talk about Jesse Bates. So we're going to talk about the people in front of him on defense as well as that offensive line. That thing was addressed more than people think. And, and give us a lowdown on it, James, of how the Bengals actually did touch that up. Well, first, let's go to free agency. They sign Riley Reef, who instantly becomes a right tackle. He's a former pro bowler. He's going to be their starting right tackle. And here's why I like this signing. Not only is it an upgrade at that spot, but he's a former first-round pick, former pro bowler, and a guy who doesn't have the longest arms that played left tackle at a high level for many, many years. Well, that's what the Bengals have in Jonah Williams on the left side right now. A young guy entering his third season, only played in 10 games, doesn't have the longest arms, 33-inch arms, needs a little guidance, a little, you know, and, and the main thing is he needs health. But adding a guy like Riley Reef is going to make Jonah Williams better. It just is. So that alone, huge upgrade. Now, you you uh, want to get to the draft, and I won't in one second, but they did re-sign Quentin Spain, and I think this matters because he was signed uh, about halfway through the season last year after he got released from Buffalo, and this dude played right tackle he's not a tackle but he had to play right tackle uh one game against tj watt and the steelers <laughs> and he was able to, to hold up pretty well yeah right and uh also play both guard spots so he's going to give them some versatility be able to play both guard spots and be much more comfortable in this scheme and this uh on this offensive line room and then draft wise they added three offensive linemen it just wasn't penny sewell the guy that everybody was talking about you already mentioned john uh, jackson carmen in the second round, they believe he's going to be their starting right guard right away and eventually can move to tackle. Who knows? Maybe he's eventually Riley Reef's replacement at right tackle. But they didn't stop there. In the fourth round, they got Deontay Smith out of guy. ECU. That's my guy. 35-and-a-half-inch arms, 85-inch wingspan. Is he going to start this year? Probably not. But the offensive line, and this is the thing the Bengals have struggled with, you don't want just five guys that you feel okay about. You need some depth. And and that's what this offseason was. They really replenished, I think, some of the depth. And Kiaria Smith is certainly someone that uh, is easy to be excited about. And then they got a center in Trey Hill out of Georgia, who they like. They got him in the sixth round. Massive. I, I you know, I, I think he's a guy. He is massive. I think he's a guy 
that could ultimately make this team. And as a sixth rounder, that's about as good as you could expect. So you're talking about three rookies that you bring in in the draft. You you add two free agents. One, it's a re-sign, but barely because he didn't go through camp with you. He didn't go through most of the season with you. And then to cap things off, they hired Frank Pollock, who's their new offensive line coach. And I'll tell you this, Jim Turner coached the offensive line for the past two years. The players did not believe in Jim Turner. I know that for a fact that and maybe not every player, most of them did not. And these guys really do buy into what Frank Pollock is, is preaching. They were ecstatic when they hired him. He coached here in 2018. So it was a, uh, it, it was refreshing for the players. I think to, to see that move as well. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a recruit, Nick, and I'm a Southern recruit, Nick. I can tell you right now that Jackson Carmen, Jonah Williams, and Hill were all big time players at big time school. You're talking Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. It, not in that order, but mm-hmm. and then with 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 Deontay Smith, that's that late blooming potential that you have for a kid that was sort of had that basketball player's body, but then started to grow into it a little bit, and he really, really got a lot of praise at the Senior Bowl. So. When you add four players like that and then also able to go out and get a, a couple of veterans uh, like Reef in Spain, I'd say you have addressed the offensive line. You just didn't do it in the way that everyone thinks that you did. So uh, that, you know, that's that's just uh, uh, that's not facts. When people say that, they, well, they should have did this. They did. They actually yeah. did. They just didn't do it the way that people think. Talk about the defense I, a little I, bit. I, I, I will say this real quick. But you're right. If they if it doesn't work, because you're right, they addressed it. But if it doesn't work, everyone's going to go back to that fifth pick. They are everybody. They are. So so there there is risk in it, you know. And, and what I thought is they should have went after more in free agency. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. And, and and then it frees up that fifth pick. But but go ahead. Let's jump to the defense. Yeah, jump to the defense because they have some interesting selections too in their front seven, and uh, I think they got a lot of bang bang for their buck. When you think about it, uh, with 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 the guys that they added, uh, they got some pass rush, they got some size up front, some scheme versatilities, so they could be a little bit more multiple up front. And I think they're really going to help themselves. Yeah, I mean, you added a Trey Hendrickson, who they like. They're going to play him at end, but they're they're going to put him inside a little bit, and then you mix him in with Larry Ogan, Joby, who's new, uh, comes from the Browns. They're going to put him at the three tech spot where he's much more comfortable. He admitted that to us. And Sam Hubbard finally healthy after uh, an injury-riddled third season in the NFL. And then the guy I really like that they got in the draft, Joseph Osai, I thought was a borderline first rounder and, mm-hmm. and at worst case, mid-second rounder. And if you would have told me they took him at 46th overall, I wouldn't have been shocked. Obviously, they took Jackson Carmen. But to get Osai at 69th overall, he might end up being Carl Lawson's replacement. He's this big, physical athlete that can... I don't think he has the pass rush repertoire that Carl Lawson has coming out, but I think he's better against the run and uh, certainly someone that's going to be able to play early and often uh, to bolster this defensive line. And and they didn't stop there. I mean, they they went out, they got Cam Sample in the fourth round, Mm -hmm. who uh, out of Tulane, he's going to be a little edge, play inside a little bit. And then they got a huge nose tackle on Tyler Shelvin to go along with DJ Reader to compete in the physical AFC North. And then, see, it, it was a trenches draft, Tony, trenches draft. It was. They also get Wyatt Hubert out of uh, Kansas State, who I think might make the team. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked. And in, in the seventh round, you find someone who will make the team. That's, uh, you know, you'll take that all day long. So I, I think that the, the depth of the trenches is certainly much, much improved compared to where it was a year ago. 
They did a lot of things that, quite frankly, my team that I covered did, the Jaguars, and I guess uh, in week four, we're going to see about that progress, man. It'll be uh, Urban <laughs> Meyer and Trevor Lawrence coming up to face Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, and we'll see exactly what happened. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, the day after that, Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Today podcast is going to tell y'all exactly what happened. He's probably going to talk to me and James, too, because that – that uh, podcast is every single day. It's 20 minutes. It gives you all of the information that you need from around the world of sports, not just football. And Peter brings it to you like a shot of espresso. You can get that here on the Locked On Podcast Network and subscribe on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. Jamie, enjoy your vacation, man. And uh, uh, be safe and safe travels back to you. And of course, you guys can tune into the Locked On NFL podcast uh, for the rest of the week here, Thursday and Friday. It'll be back. And, uh, of course, our individual shows, we do what we do every single day, Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Bengals. And we'll be back next Wednesday with another preview for James Rapine and for Tony Wiggins. Be safe, as always, and take care of each other, and we'll see you then.